Hey, everybody, it's episode 11 of the JV Club. Uh, I am not messing around. I got to get right into my shout outs. This week was an especially emotional one for me in terms of notes from you guys. I know another reason for me to be emotional, right? Nobody needs that. But I got some notes that literally, and this will surprise no one, but they did bring me to tears uh, in a great way. So far, no one has succeeded in shattering me with anything horrible. Uh, that's cause for celebration right there. Um, so thanks goes out this week to Julie for your gorgeous email. Um, some great stuff on Twitter, Sharon and Mora and Danny, who also was on the uh, JV Club Facebook page, uh, Tabitha, April, John M, TL, Miguel, Shay, Christina, Molly. Uh, thank you so much for your great suggestions in the email that you sent to me. I loved it and I took them very much to heart. Grant um, sent an amazing email as well. Uh, such great feedback on the uh, on the Nerdist site for the Jen Kirkman episode, guys. Lloyd D and Paige and Todd and Goat Boy. Any opportunity to say the word Goat Boy out loud makes me happy. Alec, Lucia, Wendy. Um, Next week, I'm going to focus on iTunes feedback shout outs because I started delving into those yesterday and I got all choked up all over again. So um, if you want to make me cry, it turns out that uh, all you have to do is just hop on there and get all gooey because it works on me every time. So today's episode is a little bit of a departure from maybe the, uh, how do you want to say, the world of, of where most of my past guests exists, and I'm really excited to be offering up an interview with Connie. Now, for some of you younger listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with her, Connie Chung co-anchored the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather. She had her own primetime news hour, um, and she also worked for ABC, NBC, and CNN. Um, she was a fairly controversial figure in the news, and uh, I'm going to say she experienced perhaps more than her share of criticism. And um, I don't know, for this, it turns out she's also incredibly warm and candid and has uh, a great sense of humor. So let's get into it. Now entering Nerdist.com. Good evening and welcome, Connie. Thank you, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the JV Club. It's me, Janet Varney. Um, I am here with Connie Chung, who has led what I think anyone would call uh, a rather extraordinary life and career. Now, this all kind of started before Connie was even born, um, when her parents immigrated from communist China in 1945 during the war and came to the United States uh, with their, I think, nine children. Right, Connie? Um, my parents had nine children in China. Five of them died, though, and uh, three of them were boys, all the rest girls. So um, five, the, the three boys and two girls died, and so they came here with four with my four sisters. How did they die? Well, it was really hard during the Sino-Japanese uh, war to get doctors if the kids had pneumonia or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, the 
when World War II finally started, all of that was very, very difficult. Uh, and but they were all babies, yeah. And um, I certainly didn't know any of them. Right. And my sisters sort of, but not so much because they—I mean, they, they didn't know them so well. Yeah. How old were your sisters? Because you were born in America. Yes. How old were your four surviving sisters my, when your family came over? Right. My oldest sister was sixteen. Oh, so okay. She was already a teenager, and yeah. then they gradually just went down uh, the chain. You know, sort of. 16, 13, uh, 10, and then maybe uh, 4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so they were really raised, very much raised in China. My parents were uh, born just outside of Shanghai. My father was born in Suzhou, uh, which is kind of like Venice. Mm-hmm. It's a canal city. Mm-hmm. And my mother was born in Nanjing, which used to be the capital you know, years and years and years ago. So they came... Um, my father was working for Chinese intelligence, um, sort of the Chinese CIA, mm-hmm. and he uh, so he finagled away to come to the United States. He he commissioned himself to be a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, Chinese Air Force, and he was going to um, go with cadets to teach them how to fly uh-huh. in the United States. But he couldn't fly. So he wow, was, you know. well done, William. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they settled in Washington. He worked at the embassy until the, the communists took over in 49. So I was born in Washington. Yeah. So I grew up in a household of essentially, you know, Six women, yeah, um, five five girls, and my mother and my poor father never had a chance to get right. into the bathroom. <laughs> really, you know, right. lived in a rented house that had one bathroom. Yeah, and so it was very hormonal. I mean, there were just you know raging hormones. We're talking about crazy women. Yeah, and and my mother being totally overloaded because in China she they they had servants. I yeah. mean, even if you were. You know, totally middle class. There was was very much of a class system in China. Mm-hmm. And um, the poorer people were servants. And uh, here she had to just change her ways and do everything. Did she speak English? Hardly. Yeah. she. Uh, my father did because he was always working in intelligence and he needed to be able to speak uh, English. But my mother didn't. And... And we had no money, and so my father, uh, you know, worked two jobs, uh, seven days a week, and my mother was washing with no washing machine, you know, a washing oh board, gosh. and hung the clothes outside and on a on line. So it was really, um, it was hard, yeah. hard for them. And, and you were the baby. Yeah, I was the baby, and um, I couldn't get a word in edgewise, Janet. I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah. I mean, they thought I never could speak, you know, Connie, what do you want, you know, uh, what do you what do you want to drink? What do you want to eat? And I'm, mm, you know. <laughs> I'm afraid one of these hormonal girls will yell at me <laughs> exactly. if I say I want something that we exactly. can't do. And they were so darn bossy. You know, the the oldest one was like a second mother, although she was my favorite. Uh-huh. And then the others were, you know, these bossy women. And my father and mother, I think, raised some really ball-busting women. <laughs> I mean, they were strong. You know, since there was no son, they were just, they raised all of us like guys. Yeah. And um, they were tough and ambitious. And, I mean, they were just women to be dealt with. Which is pretty interesting given given the time frame, given it being yes. the 1950s yes. and, and early 60s. and Chinese, yeah. you know? Because there's very there is a whole 
thing about being Chinese and being demure and um, right. you know subservient and uh, and um, humble and I think that, you know we grew up in a humble existence but um, but I think by nature. These girls were not humble. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. They were tough cookies. Yeah. And I think my mother was a tough cookie. You know, yeah. she uh, uh, she she didn't take anything sitting down. Um, what was your so what what was your relationship like to her in terms of uh, I know she was she was tough, but was she was she also tender? Did you oh, feel like oh. you got time spent with her? Well, you know, did you get with so many sisters? Very much so, because I was you know the little guy. Yeah, and um, so and I used to just um, lean up against her, you know, just to. I mean, I, yeah. I, would, I would fit, if you really want to know, this is so stupid, but I, I used to fit my head right under her tushy and oh. lean up against her while she was at the washboard. Oh, I Did, love You know, that. you can see it, right? Sure, The, the tushy sure. comes out and there would be You've space You've got a little reverse head. ledge. Yes, kind I have of. a ledge, a little roof. A little and, eave. Yes, and I felt so wonderful and secure oh, while they all went that. to school, you know, and I was just leaning up against her and hanging with her. Yeah. Now, did you, did you go to the same schools as your sisters had gone? Was there sort of a sense of like, here comes Connie, she's oh. arriving <laughs> after the, 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 this, this chain of, of the Chung of girls. Chung, yes. <laughs> and what was the, and what was the, in terms of, um, sort of the cultural community in, in Maryland? Were you going oh, to elementary oh, school and, and yeah. junior high and uh, high school in Maryland? Actually, I went to elementary oh. school in Washington, uh-huh. um, elementary school, and uh, then we moved out, well, for two years, actually. My parents, um, my father uh, began working for the federal government after he, uh, everybody got their citizenship. And um, I was the only one who didn't have to because I was born here. Right. So I can be president mm-hmm. and they can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <laughs> Hold them, lord it over them, lord it over them. <laughs> and Obama was born here, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so um, the older ones were too old for the teachers to, to remember me, but the one just older than me mm-hmm. um, was around and she was really, really smart. So she was hard to. You know, I was to follow her act. Sure. Uh, and it was always tough because she was so darn smart. Um, but she screwed up in other ways. You know, later yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she was in college, she was sort of like the first to do um, bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, stay out too late, go mm-hmm. to fraternity parties, uh, drink, you know, uh, the whole thing. Try yeah. pot and all that stuff. Did she tell you that she, like, what was your awareness of her doing that oh, when yeah. you were... Oh, so yeah. she was coming back to you and giving you reports oh, of like, sure. oh, and here I, are some misadventures. It, oh, yeah. And I'd have to cover for her, you know. Oh. So I saw my parents and their anguish. And so I was always the goody two-shoes. Oh, so you were the goody two-shoes. Oh, yeah. You know what, Janet? I am still waiting to rebel. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be it gonna so What's it going to be like? Good. I wonder what it'll be. I don't know. But, you know, ever since I stopped working, I really, I'm, I keep threatening to do something outrageous. Is it going to be like... Connie Chung was spotted nude sunbathing. And- no, 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 no. Because I'd be mistaken for a Chinese boy. <laughs> like, who, what is that boy doing? You know? I mean, like, you know? I mean, he's wearing a hat and a little, yeah. a little bikini with with uh, ruffles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. What's going on? Yeah. Okay, so it won't be that interesting. Yeah, interesting. I know. I know. It's really scary. I mean, I... 
you know, because this little guy sits on one shoulder and says uh, to me, don't do it. Don't you do it. You're going to ruin everything that you've ever worked for. And the other one is saying, do it. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to the do it guy. Yeah. Maybe more often than I should. Well, there you go. I mean, I I hear you. It's a it's a very delicate balance that we're trying to strike. Oh, it is. I mean, you you just, uh, you know you shouldn't, but uh, you want to, you want to. You want to, you want to. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to, so, so you the were girls. the goody two-shoes and, I, and you were shy. Mm-hmm. I did read that, um, let me just look to see if I've skipped anything that I feel is absolutely fundamental, but I do feel like I read that you did start to kind of be less shy around high school, right? And that's when you yeah. were in Maryland. It, well, yes. And that you started participating a little bit more in some of the more... Um, yeah. Student government. Yeah, and, student government, and, maybe a variety show or a play or two. Oh, did any of that no, happen? No, I didn't have that kind of talent. I mean, I tried. I did, uh, you know, little uh, uh, stupid things. Uh-huh. I mean, like a... a uh, yeah, like a, a a show, like a like a talent showy kind of thing, but not yeah, necessarily. It, you weren't doing Lady Macbeth when you were fourteen. No, 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 no. Um, Goldie Hawn actually went to the high school that I did, and she was amazing. In oh the yeah, plays. yeah. You um, were there at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh huh. She was. Uh, I think maybe a year or two older. I yeah. think. I, but you know, I mean, so what? Yeah. Um, we we all just thought she was amazing. We had quite a high school. Carl Bernstein went there of Woodward. Oh, Bernstein. sure, sure. Yeah, ben Stein, who's oh, the, yeah. you know, the the uh, the guy who looks like yeah. an old man. And <laughs> Win Ben Stein's money. <laughs> yeah, you could forget exactly. about that show. So uh, yeah, I kind of. But when I was in elementary school, I remember the teacher um, writing on my report card, "Speaks too softly." Oh, yeah. See, Connie. I mean, I was like, and I cry and want to go home. And, um, mm. you know, I... And get I, under mom's bum? Yes. Get yes. back under mom's uh-huh. bum? Because I was like, no, I don't want to go to school. But in, but student government requires, obviously, a certain amount of... I mean, yeah. you, did you have to campaign and kind of do all that stuff? Um, and and what yeah. and that, was that born out of kind of being in the D.C. area and I think seeing... So. Uh-huh, growing up on the Washington Post and, and watching what was going on on Capitol Hill. And it's just uh, the industry... The hometown industry is politics and government. Do you remember what do, being nervous about this idea of like the the crossover into wow? I think I'm going to run for student office and how's oh, what, what what's required of me? I, and I I I think it was kind of okay. Um, I think I don't honestly I don't know how it happened uh, that I began to climb out, you know, of my shell or yeah. whatever it was. Well. For one thing, though, I mean, I was always very, very small, very skinny. Um, you know, the, 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 my mother was worried about me because I was so darn skinny. I mean, look like an L, you know, a really <laughs> long, a capital L, because my feet were the bottom part oh. of the L, you know. They stuck out, but my... You yeah, don't they, have big feet, they, No, they're, they're like six and a half, seven, but right. um, I don't know when I was... You know, growing up, I was so toothpick thin. I mean, people would probably think today, oh, she's anorexic. Eating disorder, yeah. Uh-huh. But I I didn't. I just didn't eat a lot. And um, so, you know, so I was very, I was, you know, not popular um, and had no boyfriends. I just had girlfriends. You anticipated my next question. Oh, I had two 
really good girlfriends. One in particular, um, we used to walk down the hallway, um, kind of attached at the hip. Yeah, you know, and um, she she's just she's great, and and so is the other one. Um, and I've I've kept in touch, um, but the one I've really kept in touch with was when my my parents uh, lived in Texas for two years, for 7th and 8th grade. Mm -hmm. And um, my girlfriend from Texas, a junior high school pal, Mm -hmm. um, I kept in touch with her. Every once a year, we would get together. Nice. And um, she became a a magazine editor of uh, a Houston home and garden kind of uh, magazine. And then she became editor-in-chief of... um, uh, country home. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, right. And so, uh, she, and she waited a long time to get married too. Uh huh. So she got married at the age of thirty-eight, and I thought, gosh, if Carol can do it, then maybe I, maybe I can say, you know. And and then this other girlfriend who waited a long, 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 long time. She, I, she, she is. A best girlfriend to a BFF. She's sort of the BFF. Her name is Andrea, and she lives in LA. She she directed the news when I did the news in nice. LA. So she was always. Um, we were always so close because she took care of me. You know, I'd have her in my ear with a little earpiece, and um, and she very calmly would say, "Stretch," you know, which is uh, we don't have Fill to take time. yet. Yeah, so you got to just talk. Or she'd say, look up, because I'd be doing a voiceover over some film or tape. And then when it ran out, it ran out maybe before we expected it to run out. So just when I was taking a breath, she'd go, look up. And she was, when all hell was breaking loose in the control room, and everybody was going, you know, she would just flick her little button and go, look up. And she was calm. Oh, you got to have that presence, yeah. right, in an environment yeah. like that. Uh-huh. So you and so you said that you, um, you said that you didn't really have any boyfriends. No, in, no, no, in high Are school. You kidding? Did you have crushes? Did you have oh, people yeah, that yeah. you just your heart dropped oh, my when God, you would yes. see them in the hallway? Oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Uh huh. There was one guy who was uh, actually younger than me, and he. Uh, he was like so cute, and I thought, oh, I, you know. Uh, later on, um, um, I think I did go out with him when I was in college, and he was in high school. And I said, I can't do this. This uh-huh. is, you know, I'm, I'm. This is outrageous. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, the guy that I asked to go to my senior prom. He was a junior. <laughs> when you asked him, you yeah. asked oh, him. Well, no, because nobody asked me. I can't believe nobody no. asked you to your prom. Uh, yeah. I mean, how sad is that? It's sad. Yeah. And uh, again, hard to believe. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to show you pictures of me in, in high school. <laughs> I'm going to ask you for pictures of you in high school. So just be advised that everybody okay. gives me a picture of what they looked like during the time frame that we were talking about. So oh. we can put it in perspective. Oh, okay. If you find something. If not, I no, can no. just have, you know, like Look a crime sketch artist. Uh, you can sit and tell someone I was L-shaped. And then we'll see what kind of sketch they come up with. Kind of a police sketch. A police sketch, exactly. <laughs> if it comes to that, Connie, that's what we'll do. Well, um, it, you know what? It wasn't until I got to college 
that I discovered beer and it ah. filled me out a little bit. Oh, you know. sure. Beer's yeah. like a meal. Yeah, exactly. Listen, uh-huh. with so, some very nice side effects. Yes. And I, <laughs> so I tried to drink the guys under the table and it really helped. I got some hips and a tiny amount of shoulders and just a little bit more, a little bit. Right. Not a lot. Um, still, still don't have any shoulders, but but I'm, that's a bone structure thing. I don't even think beer can help, help with building you know. shoulders out. You'd have to become like a professional yeah. weightlifter, yeah. and you had other things on your mind. And the other thing I discovered, I mean, aside from the opposite sex, was eye makeup. It's oh, amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, I mean. If you saw me with no eye makeup, which you almost did because um, <laughs> I hadn't put it on yet. I was ready, willing, and able. Oh, I know you were, but it's it's so scary. I mean, at, at night when I take my makeup off, I say to my husband, you want to see something really <laughs> scary? There is always that kind of initial... When you've when you've just started dating someone, oh, I mean, obviously yeah. it's been years. It's been years for you, but it, it but that feeling of like, how well is this going to go? The moment when they have to understand that there's a face that gets put on, yeah. that they will not see in the morning. Exactly. I mean, some I, people I think continue to wear makeup. Oh, yeah. up through the first few months of dating someone, just oh, yeah. because they're afraid that the other shoe's going to drop. Uh-huh. I'm I'm sure I'm I must have. You know, because it was so, it is so scary. And I'd say there are probably only, you can count on one hand the people, no, maybe two hands. A makeup artist or two, probably, if you had to come in to the news and they wanted, did you do your own makeup? Well, no, what I I always do is I do my makeup. um, um, What you see is, I mean, what you see at this very moment, Janet, Mm -hmm. is, um, is what I walk out the door with. So... When I go to work, mm-hmm. or when I used to go to work, I, I literally would come in practically made up, and um, and the makeup person would say, um, "Well, you don't need. Why anything. am I here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me just touch you up and do my own hair." Did you? And so you talk a little bit about your two girlfriends that you had in high school. Were you? Did you guys, were you super goofy? Like, even when you were kind of more quiet and demure, did you have, the, were oh, these sure. friendships where you guys yeah. could just kind of dork out, as I would say? Oh, absolutely. And just be silly and absolutely. dance wildly and yeah. make well, fun of each other? And every, every Friday night, we'd go to teen club at the rec center, and we'd dance with each other. But anyway... Um, so, we, uh, you know, there are two things I want to circle back to because oh, I was interested in both. This is all public school, mind you. Um, okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask, I know that you were you were uh, a well-behaved member of the student body government. Yeah. Um, but time in our American culture and in the, the overall culture of the world and what was happening, did you feel attracted to that sort of... Oh, the, side of things did you want uh-huh. to put a few flowers in your hair at any point did you feel like <laughs> no. dancing barefoot or no. were you more what was your style like yeah no i was a a, a really straight laced um uh virgin and <laughs> I, I bet you had nice cardigans oh i bet you oh, had a nice cardigan or two. Oh yeah yeah maybe Great a wool cardigans. skirt yeah and maybe a uh, a sweater clip oh you know the bless. kind that it it attaches on one side and the other side of a cardigan. Yes. Um, not unlike the cardigan that you're wearing yeah, at you this very moment. We don't wear a lot of sweater clips anymore. The ladies, no. the, la- the guys get tie pins and little tie clips yeah, and stuff, but uh-huh. we don't, we don't get to work those chains much anymore. Hey, no. Um, you and I are going to bring them back. Yeah. 
It's on. By the way, that does not count as your rebellious act. Oh, oh, no. Your rebellious no. act is not going to be Connie Chung was spotted with a it, cardigan sweater chain, a sweater clip. <laughs> no, it's no, that's just not, not edgy enough. Do. No. no. Um, so, no, I was, uh, even during the anti-war movement, you know, the uh, the Vietnam War movement, which is basically when I was in college, I think, um, I still didn't get out there and do it. And people um, were busting out the marijuana probably while oh, you were yeah, in college. Yeah. And- Oh, well, uh, I'm not going to say that I didn't yeah. fool around. No well. one's saying that I mean, you have you know, to say I mean, or I, not say. I wasn't, you. I mean, I'm not like Clinton, I didn't inhale. Right. Give me a freaking <laughs> break. Oh, bill, Bill, Bill. We all saw that inner wink oh, when he said it. Please. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. You know, try to tell the truth sometimes. Yeah. Once in a rare while. Yeah. Um, so... The guy observant. that you that you the guy that you asked to I think we started oh, talking yeah. about the guy that you asked to your senior prom because yeah. no one asked you uh-huh, Steve and Roland. I didn't I somehow didn't let you finish that story and I would love to hear no, it. No, no, he's just he was the junior class president, and I was um, in the student government. I can't remember what what I did. I was no, I was junior class vice president, but when I was a senior, I did something else. I think maybe I was just a member of the legislature. I don't know, can't remember. But that all sounds was, more, I feel like we had like a president, secretary, vice president, not in that order. Yeah. There was probably a treasurer thrown in there for good yeah, measure. Sure. Uh-huh. I don't know uh-huh. how, but you were doing this in the D.C. area. So yeah. I'm sure student body government was a much more organized, articulated uh, to do than it was for me in Arizona. Oh, I don't know. I'm probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it was still, was, was there a lot of like, listen, issues. we're also responsible for helping plan the prom. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't, <sighs> I, you know what? I have no idea what we did. <laughs> you know, seriously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the issues were. You don't remember chaining yourself to a fence Heck over, no. uh, are you kidding? Yeah. You know, it was probably an effort to allow us to wear jeans to school. That's important. You know? Because That's we important. clearly weren't. Or chew gum. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my dad, the English teacher, would be so angry if someone lobbied to chew gum at school. Oh, exactly. See, he wouldn't have stood go. for that. Uh-huh. Or um, no makeup days for snow days. Oh. You know? Something like that. Yeah. The big stuff. The big issues. Oh, yeah. That were preparing you for mm-hmm. the rest of your career. Uh-huh. But the one that the classic one for our every student government is less homework, right? Sure. That's like the school equivalent of lowering taxes. <laughs> You're so right. It's the thing that everyone should be doing that they should care about that are going to make them better, potentially better people or better citizens. <laughs> and it's the thing you want to do least. And you're hoping maybe you can get away with doing none of. <laughs> um, so, so let's get a little bit into, so you, so you were, were you the first of your family then to go to college oh. of your, of your sisters? Uh-huh. My sisters? No. Yeah. Actually, um, the fourth oldest, the smarty pants. Oh. Okay. Um, she went. That's right. She went, yeah. and then she started misbehaving. Oh yes. Right. Or, or during college. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Um, but but she, you know, uh, but I so learned from it because I saw the anguish in my parents. Yeah, eyes. you mentioned that. So mm-hmm. she was having you cover for her, mm-hmm. and you just got you had the window in on what it really looked like on the other side for your yeah. folks, and yeah. you just thought uh-huh. this isn't this wouldn't be worth it. No. So what I when I was out carousing at fraternity parties and things like things like that, I'd always call. See, yeah, and say, I won't be home until maybe two or whatever. Um, but I'm fine, everything's fine, you know. Um, what kind of music did you listen to? 
The Beatles. Yeah. Oh, you betcha. I was more... How about Elvis? Did you get into oh, yeah. Beach Boys, Beatles, Elvis? Uh-huh. I love that the Beatles was the first answer. Oh. Yeah, um, Elvis was more like when I was in elementary school, if you yeah. can believe it. I can believe it. Uh-huh. But, you know, I want to... This, you will not believe. For someone who is so darn shy in elementary school, for some reason, I did an Elvis imitation. You know, the 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 legs spread out and yes. wiggling your legs. Yes. You know? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. That was a that was a little bit of a peek inside of what was to come. Uh-huh. What what was screaming to get out, right? Exactly. Your inner Elvis. Yes. <laughs> you were you were exploring your inner Elvis. And also my my family tells me that I used to take the hose of a vacuum cleaner and try and interview people when I was little. Did you really? Get out. Huh? That's pretty fantastic. Isn't it? But I don't know if they just made that up after I got into the news business. They were like, you know, it would make a fun fake story. Yeah, if we said, exactly. what, what could it be? What could it be? Think of something that's uh-huh. uh, like a microphone, uh, a exactly. vacuum hose. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. By the way, I need to go back and say, I'm not saying I can believe it that, you, that Elvis was when you were in elementary school in an age way. You are a tiny bit younger than my dad. And Elvis, because he was sort of, because he's perennial, yes, he was is. still, my dad's roommate in college was still so obsessed with Elvis that right. it was like Elvis versus the Beatles. Right, right, right. So there was still, so I'm imagining uh-huh. your collegiate years and I'm sort of, I think, I'm, yeah. I, think I threw Elvis uh-huh. in there because I was no, thinking no, no. of my dad and his, no, it's his true. roommate, Jim. It's true. No, without like, question. It was still like the camp of like, sure. Elvis went from represent, somehow he went from representing the rebel uh-huh. to representing the school. Square yes. because the Beatles came in and took over the Rebel. You are so right, right. and then and so you yeah. were kind of a nerd if you were in college and you still liked Elvis. But well, if you got into the Beatles, no, that, but there were Elvis devotees. Yeah, I mean it was a uh, you know long and hard they were you know worshiping him. And you were like, please, I was doing impressions of Elvis when I was in <laughs> elementary school. Exactly. I'm way right. ahead of you guys. Uh-huh. Um, and and who was your favorite Beatle? Opal. Paul. Yeah, me yeah. too. Because uh-huh. we were goody two shoes. Yes, I mean he was so cute when he would shake his head. You know, uh huh. He wasn't going to hurt anybody like yeah. John might. Yeah, or whatever. Or be, or just be wounded and uh huh, uh huh. Or do kind of crazy. I mean, he wasn't out there. He, yeah, he was actually a good. He's the one shoes. you take home to meet your parents. Yeah, exactly. I guess is what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And John would bring some drugs along, and yeah, you know, and I mean. But that's the impression that we had. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they cultivated. I mean, they helped kind of cultivate that. It was, they, they made it possible for you to sort of pick yes. which one was going to be your favorite. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't want to brag too much, but not only did I do that with the Beatles when I was younger, but also the monkeys. Oh, you did. Uh, because Nickelodeon was showing a lot of monkeys reruns. Yeah. Oh, God. And so that's like Mickey? Mickey Dolan's. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I always chose Peter Tork because I felt like no one else picked Peter. Oh. So I wanted to be the one who liked the guy that everybody else like. There so, you like go. somehow I'd have more of a chance with him. There like you I have go. to fight fewer women off. <laughs> I was logistically still trying to figure out how it was all gonna work with me and Peter. Okay. Who by Janet. then was like sixty when I was twelve. <laughs> Janet, here's one for you, okay? Okay. Um when I was uh dating my husband off and on, we we dated for like seven years. Um, and, and, uh, I would always tell him who I went out with because it was so fun. Cause he, he didn't, he couldn't even remember the first names, let alone the last oh, names no. you know, of who he went out oh, with, no. you know, it's, it's the, I have to chew off my arm in the morning right. thing. And so 
<laughs> so for oh. me, I'd tell him, because I was living in L.A. He was living in uh, Philadelphia at one point and San Francisco at another point, whatever. And so I'd tell him who I went out with. And um, um, I-, I said, um, I went out with an eagle. And he, oh. s- he thought I went out with one of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> of course, he made it about his world. Yeah. Made it right about his world. <laughs> no, but it was one of the Eagles. It's a big deal. I thought so. Yeah. But I'm so stupid. Um, I was uh, sitting in a restaurant, met him, and I, and he, I said, what do you do? And he said, uh, I, I, I work in a band, you know? And <laughs> he's trying to make being in a band sound like a just a regular career. Like, yeah. oh, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Well, I I work in a group of musicians who yeah. occasionally tour and record yeah. albums. Mm-hmm. And 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 I said, well, you know, why don't you sing one of your songs? You know. And so he did you. So you you didn't. Oh, I, no. I didn't know. Please tell and, me what he sang. A hotel California. Ah! <laughs> and awesome. I went, I know that song. <laughs> so you're an Eagles cover band? Uh, no, Connie. Try and keep up. I'm in the Eagles. Oh, what was your name again? <laughs> and so that, uh, obviously, I guess that didn't last because you were reporting oh, yeah, no, back no, no, to your I, husband I, about it I, I uh, I when you were dating him as well. Yeah, a couple of times. I mean, I, did, I really didn't. But I, no, I mean, I went out with him. And so I quickly wanted to tell my husband at that time just he wasn't my husband mind you of course of course (laughs) the word is out they had an open relationship for years when they were married that's not what we're saying um what how did you what were your parents expectations of you i know i mean i've read a lot about because uh you were all girls and as you pointed out earlier in the interview Mm -hmm. they that they kind of raised you as sons and that there was a sense of um, kind of strength and capability and and potential that maybe you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Certainly not mm-hmm. perhaps if you'd stayed, you know, if you'd been in China, it's impossible oh. to say what would yeah. have happened because right, that was right, such, right. A, mm-hmm. such an incredibly strange and different world happening yes. because of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you... What were I their ex? Mao Zedong's wife. No. Yes. <laughs> That's what would have happened. Yeah. I don't think so. so. I'm wiping the sweat off my brow in relief, <laughs> everyone. Um, oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? What? Did you keep a diary? No. When you were in, when you were in high school? No, in I never did. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't do that. Um, How, I, did you just un- unleash all of your, fe- your, your female teenage woes yeah. on your girlfriends? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just talked it everything through yeah um or i talked to the sister just older than me a yeah. lot um unless she was too high to remember what you were saying <laughs> totally kidding <laughs> please don't come after me connie zolta sister um, or me yeah yeah, yeah that's who will get it yeah. it'll be my fault and she'll come um, looking for you exactly um Uh-oh. so um no um no nothing is is down on paper that's evidence you know that's true <laughs> oh my gosh, I think about that sometimes because I did keep, I, did. I wrote so much. I had th- books and tomes and tomes of ridiculous journals wow. from elementary th- school through college. Mm-hmm. And they're just ridiculous. Oh, I'll, but I'll bet that it's really, it is you know, fun to kind of yeah. crack one open once in a exactly. while and go, oh my and gosh, go. I can't believe how important that seemed. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, that's good. It's a good perspective yeah. giver. So I was um, thinking about that with mm-hmm. you and wondering if that was something. Um, well, oh, I was going to, you, you had asked me about the whole, um, um, 
you know, the strong women. Yeah. The, um, yeah. They're, and, and, ex- and, and kind of, and also what your parents, if you want to fold yeah. it in, what their expectation was of you in terms of college and career. And did you right. feel like there was pressure or no pressure or support for whatever you chose? Well, in a typical uh, Chinese family way, they, um, you know, they wanted us to um, make great grades. And, you know, it's, it is, the stereotype was true in our family, and that we were really um, expected to um, uh, strive for excellence. So, um, but I had always said to my father, I, th- I wanted, I think that I wanted to be the son he didn't have. And um, I think that I wanted to make the, the name Chung um, memorable and carry it down the way a son does. And mm-hmm. since I can't really, you know, it, the tradition back then certainly was to take your husband's last name. Right. Um, and so um, I never did, you know, and I... Uh, and you also weren't in a rush to get married. No. In fact, um, my mother brought uh, her jade jewelry from China. It's the only thing she was able to carry with her because she carried it on her body. And... Um, uh, so she would give each of the daughters a little bit of her jade as they got married. And she had her jade engagement ring, and she waited, and she waited, <laughs> and she waited, and she waited. Oh. Finally, when I turned 35, she said, just take it. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's yours, it's fine, oh. just please wear it and enjoy it. Yeah. And so finally at 38, I got married and she went, oh my God, yeah. thank God. But for those three years, technically you were engaged to your mom. Oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It was yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah. Actually, we became so, 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 not became, but we were really, really close after all the other girls got married, you know? Sure. Um, I, you know, believe it or not, this is uh, kind of horrifying to think about, but I actually lived at home until I was 30. Oh, you did? I'm oh, so yeah. glad you brought that up. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I know. Nobody thinks uh, that I, that who would ever do that? Yeah. But um, I started working at about, uh, I mean, out of college. Yeah. You know, so. Um, was that your, was your first real money earning job? The, I've read that you had had an internship. Yes. In, in But that in was college. that was between your junior and senior years. Yes. Did you ever have a job, you. any You've kind of a job? Good well. research, Janet. Wow. Well. Aren't you the best journalist in the Only world? for you, Connie. Oh. Only for you. I don't think so. Everybody else, I don't even know their last name no, when no. I sit down with them. <laughs> I don't think oh. so. Yeah, um, and that's what. But got had me you into had like, did you, you? There was never like a. I sold hot dogs at the high school ball game. No, you know what? I I didn't do. I did babysitting mm-hmm. um, as a kid, and uh, and then later on, I actually worked part time when I was in college to keep, you know, help pay for my tuition sure. and blah blah blah, and buy books and beer. And beer. Well, you needed shoulders. Oh, yeah. I needed you needed to build out your pads. shoulders and yeah. drink beer. Oh, yeah. well, it's easier. Just buy the shoulder pads. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. We are getting into the right time frame for shoulder pads. You're right. <laughs> yeah, almost. <sighs> so, um, um, so you did work part-time. Yeah, yeah. Just, right, just... Uh, um, secretary mm-hmm. um, for uh, the, the interior department at one point and another point... Um, uh, uh, the National Ordnance, a uh, Naval Ordnance Laboratory, just to 
a, a suburban kind of. Yeah, but those are you job. were not slinging hamburgers even when you were working no, part time. No, I didn't. The only, the only sort of, I was never a soda jerk. My husband was a soda jerk, mm-hmm. and um, and he's still one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he's not here to defend himself. Of course he's not. <laughs> um, but then, let's see. And so you were. And so just to jump into, you were um, when you went to school. You you majored in biology for the yes. first two years. Yes. What did your parents? Th- I mean, were, did, were you yeah, going to be a biologist? Was, yeah, I was going to work in a laboratory, mm-hmm. and then once and they I, were on board for that. Oh sure, yeah. And once I got into biology, it was so boring. Yeah. And uh, and so I switched to. Um, uh, the business administration because that's where all the guys were, you oh. know the um, uh, you know business, yeah, the business uh, business and well, that's where all the guys were. Like that's where all the cute guys were, or you were kind of a guy yourself because you were sort of thinking like I, I can do whatever guy. I want. Yeah, yeah, I want to be a guy, but also that's where the, the I guys. Mean, were. If they also happen to be there, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. What a little sure. bonus. Okay, yeah. that turned out to be so hard too. Yeah, and um. That's one of those majors that feels so nebulous to me when I think yes. about it. Like, what does that mean? I what agree. will I be doing? I agree. Yes. Who will I be managing? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 that, that didn't work. And then you I, had an internship with a, with, a, with a congressman who had been a newspaperman. Yes. Right? And, yes. And so is that sort of where that, cra- that yep. world cracked open for you? Yes. I watched reporters on the Hill um, do their thing. Um, he had me write uh, some press releases, not not anything important, but um, and and so when I went back in the fall for my senior year, <clears throat> excuse me, I decided to uh, switch to journalism. Um, and um, since I, for two reasons, I went a fifth year at mm-hmm. the University of Maryland, which was not, which was a really easy school. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense that it wasn't, you know terribly taxing mm-hmm. and so uh, my first two years I, I fooled around so much and I sort of barely made it to my sophomore year and I really had to buckle down by the time I declared my major so I went an extra year not only because I changed majors but because I was a screw-up the first two years now wait you I goody two-shoes was a screw-up but you weren't a screw-up in the way that your sister was in terms of mm. Staying out too late or not being honest oh. with your parents or doing, you know, oh. that kind of thing it was well, more just academically you didn't feel I did, motivated? I d- yeah. I didn't, I, I did stay up late. I did go to, after classes, I'd go to US Route 1 where there was a, this a bar called the Rendezvous oh. and I'd meet friends there and mm-hmm. we'd drink draft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, try to drink each other under the table and play beer games. I and, bet you were pretty good at that. Uh, you're a determined I, woman. Well, I bet you could drink a few people under the table. Well, you know, shockingly, for being someone so small. Oh, yeah, you were small. Uh-huh. Uh, you would think that a lot would go a long way with me. But for some reason, I must have had some bottomless pit because I could pour it down and still drive home. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> But maybe not so much with the classes and the homework and no. the showing up and yeah, just falling it's asleep. It's hard, in right? Class. Though when you're first and and when you're first, I mean, I know you were still living at home, but even just the act of the just the different vibe from going from a high school environment to college, where you're sort of picking your own classes and what times they yeah. meet and what days of the week, and that's your first. It's such a different sense of 
choice and and responsibility in that way and it's hard not to abuse that your first couple of years it's just hard not to yeah so you had to have that experience it was a great experience and when you decided that that journalism was what that tv journalism specifically that's that that doesn't that i feel like that wasn't the thing that people did then that wasn't like oh Oh, tv journalism wasn't it kind of a young program and sort of a young Uh Well, that's the reason why I I went into it, because I thought um, at the time newspapers were just beginning to die. In in Washington, there was a morning newspaper, the Washington Post, and an afternoon newspaper, the Evening Star. Mm -hmm. And the Evening Star had to fold because uh, it was just in dire straits. And it later became the Washington Star. It was bought again um, or revived. So uh, it was very clear to me that there was little future in um, in uh, uh, newspapers, but in fact, television was a brand new baby, and there were only maybe maybe there was one woman at each network: ABC, NBC, and CBS. And ABC was still a very baby network too. So um, I thought this might be a good opportunity. See, and I hate to stop you, but I do want to. But I, this is interesting to me because. This is one of those things that marks the difference between people who have the kind to find the confidence to see the opportunity rather than I mean there there must have been so many women who saw the exact same dynamic that you observed and saw opportunity and thought ugh this is not a this is not an institution that supports women. This is not this is not a place where you know I'm going to get swallowed oh. up by all like right. I mean yeah. that's I really yeah. f- and I think that's something that I I really want I want to I just want to try to find a way into with with our listeners because I because a lot of that is about self esteem and a lot of it's mm-hmm. about confidence and mm-hmm. and just. I know I, maybe it's a genetic thing. Maybe it's the way you're raised. It's nature and nurture. Maybe it's, you know, Uh but how, like, how do you listen to that voice of opportunity and not get kind of downtrodden or allow yourself to feel like it's impossible Uh instead and afraid to take the leap? How do you do that? You know, what's the secret? I, I really don't know how I got the fire in my belly, honestly, for being, um, a, a a basically shy person. Yeah. Um. I mean, to this day, my my husband will say, uh, you know, try to get me to go out, and I won't go out because I'd rather stay home. Same. So yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Well, so, a lot. I think when you have a social work life. Oh, oh, yeah. Too. That's part of it. Is yeah. that you sort of yeah you want you like to unwind and sort of be a hermit to yeah, kind of yeah. balance it all yeah. out, maybe. But yeah. Uh-huh, but exactly. still, you, you somewhere in you. I, I mean, I wonder if it's just that thing, like you know, like I work a, a lot with stand-up comics. I don't do stand-up myself, but people just say you just find yourself doing it. Like you kind of are compelled to do it, and you have to do it. And yeah. maybe there was something of that uh-huh. for you. It wasn't as much really sitting down and going, "All right, well, I have to talk myself uh-huh. into this." If it was uh-huh. just kind well, of a, you know, I th- I think it must have been, uh, as you were saying, my parents, because I think my father had a lot of um, showmanship, and my mother had a lot of showmanship. I'll show you a picture of my father. He, I was um, kind of looking at he, some of these pictures earlier. He, uh, when he was in, in Shanghai, he, he really loved uh, William Powell, the actor. Uh-huh. And he, was a, he had a, um, a mustache, you know, William Powell. Did. Uh-huh. So he was in Shanghai, and he, 
He grew himself a mustache, oh. and he has a fur collar coat, and it's oh my a western gosh. western wear. You yeah, know? and so you can see. I have to say, he's very handsome. Oh. Thank you. I mean, he really is super handsome. <laughs> he has the right mouth for a mustache. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because he's got yeah. great lips. Uh-huh. Am I hitting on your father? I'm hitting <laughs> on a picture of your father, a black and white photo of your father. Uh-huh. So, and my mother, let's see. Oh, my mother is really pretty. She was a tiny little woman. They had an arranged marriage. Their parents arranged it. They did. And yeah. Can you imagine just they, like you and Maury. Oh, yeah. The arranged marriage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, it's really funny. I think that, um, you know, it, it, my parents used to give what we call Chinese parties. And they would invite all the other people who spoke the Shanghainese dialect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there were some, lots of young men and young women who kind of, my parents kind of adopted them in many ways because their parents weren't here, and so they'd have them over, for, have them over for dinner and over for these Chinese parties. And so it was always, oh, the Chung sisters. You know, who's going to get a Chung sister? Oh, yeah. so, in high demand. Yeah, because they were all charming and beautiful, and they Did, didn't know that they were ball busters. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, underneath all those beautifully made clothes yeah, were exactly. hard asses. <laughs> Exactly. Um, what and so did your parents expect you? Did you date uh, all different? Did you date Chinese guys? Yes. Did you in date? The, yeah. Uh-huh. In the beginning, when I first started dating, I think I dated a lot of uh, various Chinese guys. But I think once I uh, once I got into the working world, yeah, um, they weren't there. You know, they just weren't there. Yeah, um, they weren't in my business. They weren't. Uh, people who I was uh, interviewing. And besides, I kept a, a fine line. You know, I, I would never really date someone uh, I, I was interviewing. Yeah. Are you um, saying there's no chance for us? Oh, Janet. You know, as much, you know what? I'm telling you, if I went that way, you'd be the one. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Is it weird that I geez. want that on my tombstone and I don't even want to be buried? Oh. <laughs> I can be cremated and still just have a tombstone that says, to quote Connie Chung, if I went well, that way, you'd be the I, one. I want you to know, guys out there. Oh, um, man. Janet is so hot. Oh, man. I mean, man. she's tall, this thin, is, blonde, and beautiful. This out. There's no I mean, way. Hello. Woo. I mean, you, you have, you better crawl through the radio or no the computer you're on on the you're on uh the internet right yeah okay you got to get yourself through that computer oh man and out of out and into her arms get really this is don't be stupid you just described the plot of the movie weird science um, <laughs> somebody's got a somebody comes out of a computer and there's and a romance ensues yeah um let, okay, I can't believe this is true, but we're actually running out of time, and um, okay. I'm chagrined. But oh uh, well, okay. But, but a I bit do of advice for for young women. I and would love. I would love to do that. I May also I? wanted to oh. ask you, and this is part of it. This is absolutely part of it. Um, above and beyond advice for them specifically, I would say this kind of goes back to sort of self esteem and and how did you encourage yourself and and that. Um, how, what is your, did you have an approach to handling criticism and adversity and being, and having your heart broken 
and be, you know, and being crushed yeah. as we all have been yeah. sometimes in work, but sometimes in love. Yeah. How, what do you, what's, what, what was your approach to bouncing back? If you even had something that you can identify? Um, I think a, a few things. One is, um, to be tough, you know, not, don't be a wimp. I mean, if there's one thing I actually can't stand is a male or female wimp. I mean, come on, you know, buck up. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, if you want to cry, go to the ladies' room and cry or go home and cry. But do not cry in front of people. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's good advice. And, I, you I need know, to take that advice. And the, Well, I mean, I think that's partly being Chinese. You know, Chinese people are very stoic in many ways. They don't show their emotion they don't, you know, their their face belies their thoughts. Mm. So, you know, it's the classic, uh, oh, hi, how are you? And it's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I really like you. And, oh, no. You know, so Chinese people are so... Game face. Uh, yeah, game face. Um, but what I, because I'm a big dichotomy, you know, that I was brought up Chinese and there are so many Chinese things about me and I think Chinese ways, but I'm so American. So the the honesty and straightforwardness of Americans has permeated my life. And that's what news is all about. You just, you tell the truth and you, uh, um, you're just straightforward. You know, you're, you're blunt sometimes, but then the Chinese part comes out, which is you do it in a gracious way. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, um, you're not rude. Um, you're respectful. Um, but you, um, but the American, uh, you know, right between the eyes is, it emerges. So I'm a real cultural combination, I think. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, women, I I think that uh, it was a real growing process for me because news sort of uh, wakes you up to um, the underbellies of society, the underbelly of society. So I was covering early on crime, um, you know, plane crashes, train crashes. Yeah. And you see uh, the the tragedy in life, the uh, the sadness. And people have said to me in the past that it's kind of like being a doctor. You you can't take your cases home with you. Well, you can't take your stories home with you. So there needs to be uh, uh, that sort of harder shell uh, to to so that you can have a life and you don't go home and cry about um, something that was so sad that was moving you to no end. I mean, I've done interviews and started crying. I'm, I'm such a um, a marshmallow, wishy washy, soft hearted, um, you know, person. And, um, and the camera people get all upset and say, well, you, you can't, click, you can't do that. You right. Know? You, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're a hard bitten news person and <laughs> right. the producers say, can't, like, clean your eyes. So you, and, uh, sometimes I just can't help it because the interviewee is moving me to no end. Um, and, uh, uh, so, um, I really, I think toughened up over the years and so the little um, the the little girl uh, no longer did just what daddy wanted her to do, um, what the boss said. 
But then it was sort of like, you know, the, the movie Chinatown in which um, uh, Jack Nicholson is slapping Faye Dunaway's yeah. face and he says, um, sister, mother. Uh, mother, sister, mother, sister, yeah. mother. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd be like, um, tough, wish, well, she tough, right. um, or um, weak, tough, weak, tough, weak. Yeah. And um, so um, it, it sort of permeates my life, you know, I, I can be tough as nails but um you know things do get to me in a big way so um i don't know my my girlfriends at work used to always say that i was too nice that i had to be more of a diva Hmm. um and uh and i could never do it they said look just go from zero to ten and and be a bitch you know and it go go be a bitch and if you can't when you try to be a bitch, you're still only going to make it to about oh, three. Okay. You know, you get so at least, or maybe you'll make it to five. Right. So go ahead and try. Right. To be your worst self or worst, you know, your evil twin Skippy. Go for it, and you'll only make it part of the way, so you'll be fine. Right. You know, um, I think that. Um, Women need to not think of themselves as, as second-class citizens. They can do whatever men can do. They need to uh, not feel guilty about trying to have a personal life and a professional life. So we, I think, as women, need to uh, compartmentalize and to be able to uh, say, okay, now I'm taking care of this personal thing. I'm not going to worry about my job right now. Okay, now I'm going to worry about my job. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do you know, women give a hundred percent no matter what they're yeah. doing. They they multitask. They're able to um, um, be super people. Yeah. What if the and so and so for the girl that says that sounds so good, Connie. But what if I get hurt along the way? I I can go. I'll go. I won't show anyone that I'm crying. I'll go into my room and I will cry. Mm-hmm. But how how will I still believe if someone tells me I can't do it and it feels like they're right? How do I overcome that? Overcome that? Um, well, I think for one thing is uh, you need to find mentors at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there aren't any women mentors who are, are willing to help you and or that you respect tremendously, then then find yourself a male mentor. Um, make sure the lines are clearly de- delineated yeah. between that man and you. Um or find someone who is not uh, who is in a similar uh, uh, job elsewhere, who can um, who can give you some good solid advice. Um, if you have a good, you know, if you have family members that you can depend on. I mean, I used to depend on my father because he was a uh, a news junkie and um, read the paper every day and was um, had a great sense of history mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know knew everything so i would I would ask him, you know, so tell me about the Middle East <laughs> hey take it yeah. yeah, and then later um Maury is a uh, Maury has been a great buddy for me yeah. um, all these years. I mean, yeah. we've been married um, 20, I don't know, we were married in 84, whatever that is. In December, I, I it'll be refuse to do any math on the 20, podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start bringing someone who can do that math. Okay. Um, and he's really, um, he's, he just, he also is a history buff and he's great with politics. And uh, um, I always say to him, you know, you, 
you're such a good interviewer and you you have such a bank of knowledge, you know. And here you are doing this talk show, you know, who you are the father, you are not the father. Right. Nobody knows that you're a great writer right. and a great um you know, that you have this incredible knowledge. And he said as long as you know it, that's okay. Oh, we love that. Oh, we love that. How nice is that? It's incredibly nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're throwing up. No, no I'm really <laughs> not throwing up. No, that's so important to have that per- to, to have the respect in a partner, the mutual respect uh-huh. with a partner. I think I was just talking about that with a friend of mine. I'm talking about um, how people find themselves in relationships and the compromises that they make and that so often I think respect um, falls by the wayside and yet that's kind of the key to Mm -hmm. something lasting is Mm -hmm. that you really have to have you have to you have to respect each other because the the sort of opposite of that is contempt and why would you want someone to feel that towards you or you to feel that towards the person that you're ostensibly spending your life with so exactly so important um also i think girlfriends are so tremendously important yeah i mean your friends uh i love feeling like i'm not alone i don't like to, i don't need to feel like i'm the only crazy person in the world like oh, yeah. i don't need to feel important in that way yeah, yeah. i need to feel like oh lots of people feel this lots of women go through this Absolutely. and i think women are very social and very codependent in a good way yes in that regard and yes. that you can you there really isn't a woman out there who can't identify with a vulnerability that you have absolutely you know what i mean absolutely. through and through i mean so. i just thank my lucky stars for my girlfriends also i think that if there are women out there who are my age you know those the 65 year olds or whatever uh or people who are working who are older and they see women coming along i i really really want them to support women you know there's a lot of yeah stuff Uh that happens it doesn't need to between women and and it's no you're no longer living in a time when there was just one right you know so you got to help each other because there are a lot of us and and we have to help each other i mean i when i started in the business it, it was sort of what i call the there, there's only one Chinese cheerleader on the squad <laughs> syndrome, right? You know, and so there was only one Chinese uh, um, uh, news journalist on television, and then, and then uh, there was one at every station, and then there was um, one black, and there was one mm-hmm. Hispanic. Well, the, the the time is over for there's only one Chinese cheerleader on the cheerleading squad syndrome, right? right. You know, so. Um, and the only way that they, the uh, the younger ones, can make it, is for us to, you know, give a helping hand. I couldn't agree more. I'm going to end the interview with that because I think that is a flawless finish. Janet, thanks for I having think me. I, you have the world is your oyster. You are awesome. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. Oh, thank please. you so much for doing this, and thank you to the listener. And, um, if guys. Pe- you know, feel free to, to leave your comments and questions. And um, thanks again, Connie. This has been terrific. Um, thank you for being so inspiring to, to so many women and men um, all over. Thank you. Thanks. Stood still. 
As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.